This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Welcome, everybody. <coughs> We're learning tonight the Lefua Shlema for uh, Miriam Chaya Batracha and also whoever needs Besachshar Choyle Yisrael. Today, we're gonna, we'll start off, we'll see where we end up. We'll start off speaking about uh, soulmates, marriages, uh, and try to get a, just a better understanding on, on these types of, of topics. The, you know, there are a few topics that people really like to listen to, and they really like, and it goes really well, like, very, very popular. One of the things that are very, very popular is Amuna, which is something, it's in top, which is amazing. I'm not saying anything bad about it, it's amazing. Another thing that's very, very popular is marriage subjects. And one of the reasons that it is so popular is because that either people want to get married, or people are married and they're not happily married. So there is some sort of, of friction going on and they're attracted to certain things. The same way as why Emunah. Emunah, people have hardships in their life. And they're looking for something that's giving them that hope, that light, that little bit of spark to just get them through it. People, I think, for the same reason, go into and, and they look at marriage classes. So one of the topics that I do want to clarify today is soulmates. Soulmates is a very, very uh, uh, big deal. In fact, Hollywood makes billions of dollars just on this fact. Romantic comedies are all about finding the one. And, you know, it, it's, it's like, it's funny because you, you, you know, these types of movies are all set in a certain way that everything is sunlight. Everything is, is, is always sunny. It's nice. They all have tons of money and they're all no looking problem. for that no problem that's not, that, that's not no of course not that, that, that's like a dream true and what do you think what do you think movies are think movies are real life movies are a dream movies are supposed to be based somehow on reality most movies that why do people watch movies people watch movies to get out of their own reality into somebody else's reality you're you are not only you're escaping it in fact this is somebody who they asked me to do this topic once and i think i do want to do it uh, uh coming up i get by the way this is uh, really really good because it gives me good things people send me can you do this topic in general what a, what a movie does is a movie gets you out of reality when people go and when people watch a, when people watch a, a movie, what they're doing is, is they're taking themselves out of their own reality, and what they're doing is, is they're putting themselves in this other reality that is much better. And one of the reasons that comedy is so popular, and um, action is so popular, and romance is so popular, is because the girls love the romance. The guys and the girls like the comedy. And, how are you? And the, the guys like the action. And what they're doing is they're, they're being in that sort of, uh, in that set, they are there. In the movie, they are there. Why do guys like action? Uh, this is not a topic, I, I don't want to go too much into this because I could spend a long time on this like topic. Action, like action figures? No, action movies. People like action movies. Guys what? like action movies? Generally speaking, guys like action movies. Oh, guys are like, yes, you know. Let's go. We're gonna do some push-ups afterwards, and we're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna follow, you know, in that in that footstep because they get into that thing. Now, I just want to make a um, a disclaimer. I by no mean way or form support any movies. <laughs> I am completely against movies, TVs, all that thing. I think it's a big waste of time, and I think it's something that brings a person down tremendously. Not even I'm not even talking about the spiritual world. I am talking about in the physical world. You're going in a movie. You're watching whatever scene that you're watching. You're watching whatever movie you're watching. You get out of that movie, and you're you come out, and you're like, wow, my life sucks. <laughs> like. I don't drive a Ferrari, you know, while shooting a gun, you know, at some, you know, flying superhero, while, you know, you have this supermodel, you know, sitting next to you, and there's another supermodel waiting at your, your house over there, and then you have another car over there with your private jet, and you're like, wow, my, my life is terrible. And people subconsciously get a little depressed after these movies. They're like, oh, wow, that was a good, that was a good movie. It's very fun. They're like, yeah, my life sucks. Wow. You know, I'm not James Bond. And it brings a person down. There is no positive thing that comes out of movies. There's not. I have yet to find something positive that comes out. 
uh, from these movies. Even if you watch something that's funny, that's that's a comedy, so you get into you know this this uh, good mood for a little bit. What about movies with a positive message, like Liar Liar, for example, right? Like a classic uh, film. You know, the guy is obviously like a big liar. And the entire movie is like how you shouldn't lie. So um, you just said the message in a sentence. You don't need to waste two hours <laughs> to get that. Historical movies that basically show you. <laughs> there, listen, there are some movies. Right. So there are some. Documentaries. There are some. There are some movies that are less problematic than others. Or educational. Like who watches stuff? educational movies? Medical stuff. It's Today so much easier Today to watch it than to read it. That's them. true. As it as an educational thing, if you're going to become a doctor and you want to learn how to make a, this uh, particular surgery, of course you'll watch the the, the videos for it. But um, I, I know there's somebody who actually told me once that there is. I don't know how what this has to do with soulmates. Sorry guys, but we're already over here, so let's let's dig in a little bit more. Uh, but it, you know you have these people that they watch. I don't know. This is really interesting because I, I heard that it is exist that you could watch an actual surgery online, like yeah. full full blown, yeah. like everything. There's no like blurry stuff that's going on. Everything you see, you know, the heart being moved, the heart like like I mean. So uh, surprisingly, many you could watch a birth also. I don't know who would be like, sign off that waiver to to you know to allow that. But anyways, let's move back to we're we're digressing off this uh, you know the movie topic. We should really go on and speak a little bit about soulmates, a topic at hand. But Hashem, that's something that I do want to go into at, at one point in time is this uh, this idea about um, about movies and TVs and how it's a waste of time, how it's terrible, how it destroys you spiritually and physically. Uh, the reason why I, br- I bring this up in regards to when we speak about movies is because when people see in a movie th- this love infatuation relationship, then what you're doing is, is, you're, is, is you're saying, I want that. And if I can't have anything but that, then I am fall- selling myself short. Which is a big problem because if you're if you're living up to the movies and if you're living up to what you see in the in the, in the videos, you're you're out on a uh, let's, let's make this a little more realistic. You're out on a date, and uh, you just watched you know wasted your life and you watched a movie about something is going and and he buys this woman a thousand roses uh, you know on the second date and you got a date with a guy and everything's sparks of flying and you're expecting those thousand roses and be like if not a thousand at least five hundred you know rose petals you know I'll settle for that. And when he falls short from that, um, anyways, the idea is, is that when people are looking for their soulmates, they think soulmates, they think Hollywood. And there is a big problem when you think of soulmates and you think of Hollywood because you're thinking of fairy tale. Hollywood doesn't exist the way you think it exists. It's, it's a very, very dirty place compared to what, uh, you know, it seems in all the magazines and the, you know, publications. So, the, the idea of soulmates, what is the idea of soulmates in the Jewish, in the Jewish thought? First of all, is there such a thing as soulmates? Maybe there's such a thing. Maybe it's a made-up uh, Hollywood thing. Does soulmates exist? Says, 40 days oh, of course. Uh, you're jumping the gun, of course. <laughs> Spoiler alert. So, uh, um, but... You ruined it, man! The, but... No, but it's good, Bo Hashem. So, the idea is like this. The idea is is that that if there is, does exist such a soulmate, this, is, this actually comes into practical applications of how we live our life. Because there are people that are constantly searching for their one. They're co- peop- the problem is, is that not only people are constantly searching for the one, even the people that are married already are still searching for the one. Because they don't feel like they married the one. So people are constantly searching for the one. And I want to share with you this, 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 this crazy statistics. Uh, not a, a Jewish statistics by any means, way or form, but a statistics nonetheless. <coughs> there, was a, there was a study done. And, and let me ask like this. What percent do you think of this study do people think that they found the right one? Out of, uh, like we're talking about out of 100%, what percent of people do you think 20%. found the right? 
20%? We got anything else? 35%. The question is how many people feel that they got the right one? How many people feel that they have found the right one? They're married? 10%. No, 35%. 20%. All right. So none of you have high expectations at all for like this. What's going on? So, I said 35%. Yeah, you're, you're the most. The actual answer is a 17%. Okay, I was the closest. Mm-hmm. 73% of people in this study said that they're married, but they don't think they found the right one. Se- 70, 70, do, does that, <laughs> that's a, you know, woman can try to work that, men, it's all the way around. But do you understand how crazy that is? That means that of every 100 people, 73 of them that are married, Think that they messed up. They didn't get the right one. Let's let's try to let's try to uh, um, wrap our heads a little bit around this to show you how serious this situation is. That means, and by the way, this statistics is not a Jewish statistics. This statistics is a secular uh, statistic. Uh, you, the if if I'm telling you that 73 percent of people are not are not uh, uh, are not happily married, and in fact, let me ask you like this. What, some people are married and they sort of feel like they're stuck in the marriage. They got the, they got a kid already. They got this and they're like, you know what? I'm here already. Whatever. Life is short. You know, let's just deal with it. How many people do you think in the same statistics would say that if the right one approaches them and comes to them, would they leave their spouse for the right one? 40%. No, no, no. I, I don't want to believe it. It's like 30%. 46% of people in this, in this statistics said that they would leave their spouse if they found the right one. So this brings us into into a serious. Uh, first of all, it's a very big question of why people get married. Why? Uh, how do they know though? <laughs> they had more vicious. Really do it. It's a question. We could we could say you will. We can only say whatever. We can only bring down whatever they do. You know, we can't read into their into their minds. But this brings down into in an important point. If somebody is going and is going to get married, in the non-Jewish world, it makes absolutely zero sense to get married. With this statistics, why get married? Why? So you can have a wedding day, so you can have, you know, you can wear a white dress, so you can have a best man and you can have a bachelor party. What, what is the purpose? It's better to try. It's, it's, uh, yeah, maybe, but at what expense? Is it worth it to, to sacrifice a divorce and all this? Why not? By the way, halakhically, let's speak, let's speak a little bit, uh, um, you know, a non-Jew, are they required to get married? No. No. Non-Jew is not halachically in the halachic sense they're not required to get married. No, they don't need to get married. They don't, uh, you know, they're if they want to be together with somebody, boyfriend or girlfriend, a hundred percent fine. By the way, let me clarify: that's for non-Jews. Different story with Jews. The Muslims also have a mitzvah to prove. The the Muslim have a mitzvah also to destroy your Jewish lives. I mean, you can't bring points from that. I mean, I'm saying it's every religion has their. Christianity has, uh, you know, a lot of stuff also. If you look at Christianity, though, it's interesting because um, the priests and the nuns and all the holy people are, um, they are celibate. What? <laughs> <They're>, really? <laughs> you think? If I would be careful, I would, I would not be speaking on many topics that I speak about. But uh, um, the idea is if the Torah says that you have to, you know, it, it is what it is. But in, you look at the Christian world, the Christian world, the, the idea is, is this topic that I'm, I'm speaking about tomorrow, Meretz Hashem, is, um, if it, what does the Christian world say? If it feels good, stop it. There's something wrong. You're not allowed to do it. What are you doing? And uh, the Jewish world is not like that. We, we encourage this, this, uh, you know, this idea of, of enjoying life, having pleasure, getting married. The rap, there's no rabbi that says, no, I'm going to go, I'm not going to marry, I'm not going to find my soulmate, I'm going to stay, I'm going to stay single so I can learn all day. Not allowed to do that, you have to get married. You have to, not only you have to get married, you have, a man has, a, has an obligation of peru So now we have to figure out, yes, correct, it's a woman does not have an obligation to have children. 
emotionally, she makes herself have an obligation, but, but halakhically she doesn't need to. A man has the obligation to have children. Um, so, so the idea is, is like this. We have to figure out what is going on in this world. Because in the day that we live in, there's something going on. Marriages are now working out, even, unfortunately, even in this, even in the, in the Jewish world, even in the religious world, even in the actual religious world where people are learning Torah and people are, are following the mitzvot. There's still, there's still a very, very big problem in the marriage world. Not as big as a problem as in the secular world, but it's definitely climbing the, the climbing up the statistics over there. So we have to think about it. What are we doing wrong? Are we maybe finding the wrong soulmate? Is it possible to actually marry your wrong soulmate? Is it possible that you're married somebody else's soulmate? Is it possible that you will lose your soulmate to somebody else? See, these are all important things that we need to uh, discuss and see if we could, uh, um, if we could uh, uh, go and uh, gain some clarity on this bizarre Hashem. So. There is interesting points in the Gemara, and it appears that it's quite a contradiction if you look at it. There is a Gemara that says, in Sota, 2a, that says, a very, very famous uh, Gemara that says, 40 days before a person is conceived, his future match says, you are going to marry this person. So which means is, before you came into this world, every single person, before you came into this world, 40 days before you were conceived, there was, there was already a match made. It'd be like, okay, you're going to marry this person. And so, so from this idea, we see that there, there was this, this, uh, this soulmate idea was already predestined even before you even came to this world. So now, there is another Gemara in Moed Katan that says that a mother, another person is able to pray and steal your soulmate. Which means that somebody is able to go and daven and pray and pray and pray, I want to marry this girl Rachel, I want to marry this girl Rachel, I want to marry this girl Rachel. And guess what? God listens to prayers. Surprise, surprise. A third source is also in the Gemara Sota that says that a person gets uh, which means is they make him a soulmate according to their deeds. So we have here three somewhat conflicting information that I just presented to you. Number one, your soulmate is predestined before you came to this world. Which means you do have a soulmate. Number two is that you have a, uh, a soulmate, but somebody else is able to take it away from you with prayer. Which again, very contradicting. And, uh, you know, which. Number three is that it depends according to your deeds. Which is also, <laughs> which is also contradicting. Why? Because that means that you have to earn it. If you have to earn it, then is it really yours? Then why do you have to earn it? It should get, come to you automatically. So, these are ideas that we have to try to clarify and try to figure out what is going on. Let's go back to the story of Adam Arishon. Adam Arishon, right? Adam. Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve were, were originally created as one. What people don't really know this, there's, a, there's an opinion that says they were, they were literally, one was, you know, in front and Eve was in the back. They were literally attached. Not just, you know, like, attached in the emotional sense and they're so connected. They were physically connected. They were actually one. And God split them and made them into two. Which, which means is, is that, is the idea is is that you are one being you and your soulmate again if we're saying it exists and we're 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 obviously we're bringing some proofs over here and points so there is a very strong idea in it you are one and what happens is when you're in heaven you are connected as one when you come to this world you're separated as two when you actually get married you reconnect as one now the problem that people have with this is that People right away assume that they're going to find the right one, and they're just going to know. And everything's going to go amazing, just like the movies. They're going to hold hands, and they're going to twirl in the air, and money's going to fall from heaven, and they're going to have children, two cats and a dog, and maybe a little child, you know, and they're going to live in this posh, you know, penthouse, and, you know, and everything is in their dreams, you know. 
I'm sure, you know, to the woman in here, you know, there's like a diary, there's like some sort of books of what's going on, and you know, the wedding day, you have a, a, you know, a little thing planned already. But the idea is, is that they think everything's going nice and dandy. And what happens is, is when things hit rough, and it gets a little bit rough, they think, alright, I messed up. I got the wrong soulmate. What could I do, God? I'm, I'm sorry, I messed it up. And is that possible? Is that possible that you go and, and uh, you mess it up? So, the, um, the idea before we answer that question is, is, um, this, this Hollywood nonsense of love at first sight. People are, people, um, go and they see somebody in the distance and they say this. It's like pretty, I just knew it the first time I saw her. I knew that woman's gonna be my wife. Right? I don't know why they're a southern, but they just so happened the accent that came out. But they go and they, uh, and they, they assume that it's, it's, that's it. It is, you know, this is the one I knew right away. And is that possible? What is love? Love in Hebrew is ahava. Ahava is the source, is have, is to give. When you love, you know what, you love someone. What is the strongest love relationship that is possible in this world? Husband and wife, parent to child, sibling, best friend, um, child to parent to child. Anybody disagree with that? I don't think anybody. You disagree with that. What do you think is a greater love than a parent to child? A rabbi and a Talmud. Oh my God. I, I have a better. Well, that I'm, so, I'm talking about in the in the in the actual physical world in the thing. But yeah, that's an interesting point. I was gonna be like, I, I thought I was gonna shoot you down, but you actually, that's not bad. <laughs> not most cases, I'll tell you that much. Well, it do, there is there is a um, the Rambam says that you should have love of God the way that one pines over the love of a child, a woman. Yeah. No, a child or a woman. Everything, everything. A child also, because the, the idea is like this. Why does somebody love, let's use a simple example, Even, but the truth is it works just as well with that, you know, rabbi to, to but let's use a, the, the more common example, the love of a parent to a child. When a parent loves a child, what has that child done for the parent? Nothing, Nothing yet. In fact, they, they you know, it, it's really lucky that children are cute because the, the mortality rate, unfortunately, would have, you know, gone way up. But kids are very cute and parents love them. That's what he's doing. Oh, yeah, 100%. I'm definitely not questioning that. The parent loves a child. Have you ever came to a situation where, you know, like, um, you know, the parent goes to the child and be like, listen, um, you know, we've been seeing each other for quite a few months at this point in time. Um, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not sleeping anymore. Um, you know, you're just pooping way too much. Uh, and it's just, I think we should see other people. You know, I don't think that this is going to work out. So, and then you see a baby on the other side. It doesn't happen, at least in normal sense. Why doesn't it happen? Because you love your child unconditionally. That is love. Love is no matter what that child is going to do, you are going to love it regardless of whatever he or she is going to do to you. The more you love the child, the more you love Thank you. That's how you love Thank you. Thank you very much. Which is exactly what I was getting to. When you, what, why, why is that love so strong? Because you are constantly doing for your child. You know what love is? Love is from a hava is give. It's to give. The more you give, the more that you will love. If you see somebody across the street and you're you're like, oh my god, I, I love that person. You know, and you're obviously not going to tell them that because they think you're psycho. But you'll you'll like you know suppress the craziness until after the ring is on the finger, and then it's like ah surprise, yeah. But the idea is, when you're going to this situation, you don't love that person. You don't know. 
that person. You have done nothing for that person. So there's no such thing as love at first sight. That You know what it means? It's infatuation at first sight. You like the idea of her or him. You like that, that a situation. This love infatuation um, situation is when you see somebody else. Granted, yeah, you could see some person and have this spark, this, you know, butterflies in your stomach. And you're like, oh my God, this is going to be the one. I just know it. And you're like picturing him already walking down the aisle. You know, you already met his parents. You know who his parents are in your mind already. And everything is like perfect. And then when you when it actually comes into it, you'll be like, well, this guy's a jerk, you know, and I'm like, oh, forget this guy. And all of a sudden, everything everything leaves away. So what was that? There's actually an, there's actually an interpretation in, in that, and that uh, we spoke about in the reincarnation class, where you could have had some sort of, you know, connection in the spiritual sense, but it was a connection that was a false connection, which means it's sort of not a, a real soulmate, but sort of a, like a, not a false soulmate, but sort of like a detour, sort of like something that it's, <laughs> like, not a detour mate, but some sort of like, like you can get to this, uh, you know, it's like, it's like it's real, but it's not real. So you feel something and then you're like, okay, this is not for me. It's not, even though, like on paper, everything could work on perfect. You know, there's sometimes that you're dating somebody and on paper, it's like, this is a match made in heaven. You know, you both like Harry Potter. Yeah, oh my gosh. Yeah, only half the world. So, and, and then everything else is like, is, is perfect. Everything else is working out. Everything else is amazing. And then you meet the person and you're like, oh my gosh, get me out of this. Get me out of the room over here. And the question is why? Well, on paper, everything is working. And the answer is, it, it could be, there was something going on in the spiritual world. There was something going on over there, but that wasn't your soulmate. And you're able to, you know, feel that. Unfortunately, sometimes you don't. And it goes, it goes a little bit further. Like the story we had before we started, which is unbelievable. Um, but in any case, the um, the idea is is that is is that I want to bring out the love at first sight is there's no such thing as love at first sight it's called infatuation let's be real it's called infatuation at first at first sight so the question yeah so what what is then let's say that a person is dating for a while but then they, there's that feeling of connection there's that clicking feeling there is that feeling where you're like wow there's actually something between like you can have all the facts on paper and people can be great and you can just not feel a click at all but yeah. then there are people who you just totally do feel i'm not saying right at the first yeah point. yeah saying, it, it, it's there's it, it you know i don't think you could put it down to science because i'll tell you like this i um i i, I speak you know to a lot of people and marriage issues is a very big issue dating issues is a huge issue uh so it's something that i get constantly and one thing i notice is I remember like this. I'll play like this. One time I, I met this guy. Uh, he's actually a close student of mine, and he, we sat. He sat in my house for nights after nights while he was dating this girl. Issues at hand. So I looked at him and I asked him. Um, you know, at this point in mind, he wanted to marry her, but there was some issues going on. You know, whatever other issues. So um, he, I told him. I said, "How sure are you that she is the one?" And he's like, "100 percent." And I'm like, hey, "Maybe you don't understand my question, but like, 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 how how sure are you?" And he's like, no, I'm 100% sure this is the one. I'm like, you're 100% sure? Like, you have zero doubt that it's not your one? And he's like, yeah, oh yeah, 100%. I'm like, you don't know how rare that is. You're the only person, one, one person, one person I've I spoke to entire this topic said that, you know, when he's getting married, she has, there's no issues, that's the one. And most people, I'm like, first of all, your problems that you have, you're lucky. Those are not the problems. Those are, those are, uh, you know, the idea, you know, that, that, that's awesome. By the way, I, I spoke at his, at his Shavuot host and I told, I, I mentioned that in the, the entire, I told, you know, his, 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 his you know, his column, not fiance anymore, his wife. I said, you don't know, you know, what you have over here. He has no doubts. Now, now, um, you know, for, for a guy or for a girl, there are many doubts that come in, even when you're marrying somebody, just because you have some doubts or there's no, no, the click that, that, uh, I, I just don't feel it doesn't necessarily mean that it's not the one. It doesn't. 
obviously you have to, you know, you have to put things down on, uh, in perspective and, and actually deal it through. It doesn't, because there's no sparks, doesn't mean that you don't have, you didn't find the right one. It doesn't mean that, you know, if you, if, if you're not in a, in a whole nother, you know, in the world, that, that's it, you know, it's not, I'm, I'm, I want to feel like I feel when I watch a romantic comedy. Cause then you won't, Feel it, and you'll be single, you know, at seventy, eating popcorn from your from your sofa off your stomach, you know, still waiting for the you know the guy to come in his you know walker. I'd be like, hey, all right, one is right here. So, so, um, which is by the way, which one brings me one to, to another point before um, before we answer these three questions that we started off with. Let's go a little bit on a, on a more of a deep tour. Let us speak about ways of losing a soulmate before we we clarify about the soulmate. Let's speak about ways that can you lose a soulmate. So. There is um, there is ways of of losing your soulmate, which uh, number one, uh, let's you know, let's go in the realistic sense first. First of all, number one is being too picky. Being too picky is a very very common uh, problem nowadays. Excuse me. One of the reasons is is because um, we live in a world where. And this brings back down to the media again, which is why I started off uh, screaming about the media. Um, it, it brings people false expecta- expectations. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you like this. I'll tell you somebody who I spoke to, was it a year, or maybe two years ago. Two years ago, I was speaking to some guy, and he came to one of my classes. We were speaking quite some time about this topic. And I, uh, you know, I asked him, all right, what are you looking for in a girl? And the first thing he's like, he's like, Rabbi, she's got to be a 10. He's like, I am not signing for anything else. And I'm like, Good to know. So you can be single for a while. Very good. All right. So he gets 10. He gets 10 because he watches movies, goes in, you know, looks through these magazines where you have these women who are not these women because they were photoshopped and, and uh, you know, everything else, airbrushed and who knows what else that they've done. That even there was, there was a thing and I saw years ago is where they put celebrities side by side. Oh, yeah. Not makeup. Uh, before Photoshop and after Photoshop. And it's like, you know, oh, at one of them it's like, wow, a 10. At the other one it's like, you know, like, careful, you know, they're trying to source Rex. And all of a sudden, it's like, well, this guy is so good at Photoshop. Marry the Photoshop guy, because he can do everything, you know, excellent. But, but people get these false expectations, and they're like, no, I want a 10, you know? Yeah, and, and the guy, you know, you know, the, and, and the girl, on the girl's side, for the, when they're looking for the guy, they're, you know, they also have false expectations. I happen to think in the looks department, the guy takes a cake. They, they go for such ridiculous stuff that it doesn't exist. And, and to be honest, that's why they're single and 40. I, I, you know, they look for other things. They have other things that they're looking. Just because they don't, they 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 would have other uh, picky things. And again, I'm not. The guy needs to be rich, or no, the guy has to be either in Wall Street or something. No, some of them. It, no, and, t- and let me let's just be clear. Not always because pe- I'm talking about particularly the picky people. I'm not talking about there are many people that are not picky and they're still not married. It's not. I'm not saying that this is. Yeah, I'm not talking about that. My focus. Yeah, yeah, for 100%. I am focusing right now on the picky people. What, and I, the, the idea behind this is, is how do you lose a soulmate? One of the ways that you lose a soulmate is by being picky. Which means is, the soulmate came to you, and you could be like, you know, God, where, you know, where is my, my soulmate? And God's like, I send her to you like four times, dude. Wake up! And you're like, oh, no, I saw the picture. It's not for me. <laughs> sitting next to your soulmate because he doesn't look like... What you expected. Which, right, which... Which brings us back to the first point where this, the media. You know what the media does to you? The media does, it, it, it uh, distorts your vision of what reality is. Corrupts, thank you. Corrupts is a, is a better idea. Which means is, you're going, 
and and uh, you're you're in a in this world that you know you see you know supermodels and models that are airbrushed, and then you go out you know with a nice you know base Yaakov Medela, you know who's who you know she's a great girl, it's neat, it's everything beautiful, everything is amazing, but you're like listen ah you know she really doesn't match up to the you know the you know the person I saw last night on the, on the movie. The the idea is is that it destroys you, it destroys you, it, it destroys you inside and outside. That's why you gain nothing by going and and you know by watching these movies except your false expectations rate uh, goes up, and not only does it go up, you, you, you destroy the possible chance of actually finding the one that, that is meant for you. And the problem is also with this is, is the idea where you have people that um, have multiple relationships, like, like real relationships, before they get married. When they have multiple relationships before they get married, and I'm not talking about, I'm talking about where people go, this is just an idea that we should start from the get-go. If you're not get ready to get married, don't date. I've had people, uh, like, I've asked them, are you ready to get married? And, like, you know, first it starts off, you have maybe a good girl for me. I'm looking for, like, a nice, good girl. I'm like, oh, you ready to get married? He's like, no, not yet, but, you know, you know, if I, if I you know, maybe if I, I'm like, no, I'm not, what am, why would I set you up? He's like, listen, you know, we need to, you know, you gotta, gotta get your feet wet, you gotta, I love this. I, this, this just, I say this all the time, and it just, it just I need to practice, Rabbi. I'm like, no, you don't. You don't need to practice. He's like, come on, you need experience. I'm like, no, you don't want, you don't want someone. It's like, come on, you need some. You can't go in job interview, they tell me. You want somebody to experience. I'm like, oh, really? Okay. Why don't you marry somebody who's married four, six, four, five, six times? Great experience. <laughs> Plenty of experience under the belt. Four, yeah, you go, you go, you're interviewing somebody. You want somebody that's been in the job, you know, world for quite some time, maybe different places, got to, you know, four, four, six times. She must know what she's doing wrong. You know, she's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then he'll have six times. But the idea is, if you're not ready to get married, don't date. You're, you're, not, you're doing nothing but destroying yourself. Because what happens is you get into these relationships and you get into the serious relationships and, and it breaks off, obviously, because you're not ready. Which is, by the way, it's possible that you found the right one and you dated her, but you just weren't ready or you said that you weren't ready and you lost it. And then what happens is once you finally, you know, you decide that you're ready and you're there, you're dating. You're dating, you're ready, you want to get married, you're, you know, you're 35 already and you decide, okay, now it's time to settle down. And you're, you're out on a date. And you're out on a date and you're like, and it goes well. It goes really nice. It goes and going well. It's going smooth. And all of a sudden, he's like, you know what? Ah, you know, my, my first girlfriend, uh, no, she was, she was so much better. I can't, no, yeah, yeah, not this one. And you start, and you start comparing your previous relationships, whether it's girlfriend, boyfriend, it doesn't matter what the situation was. Forget about all the sins that we're talking. We're not even talking about the sins. We're talking about it just in the, in the physical aspect right now. And you start comparing and contrasting. But the problem is, where does the problem lie? You don't remember the negative parts. You don't remember the bad parts when you're when you're reminiscing. You know, you don't remember how you know much that person irked you and bothered you and you know called you names and who knows what and abused you. You're just remembering the good part. It'd be like, and you're sitting there in front of another guy or girl you're dating, and all of a sudden you're like, yeah, but you know my, that first girl I went out with, you know, years ago, oh, so much, so much, what a better face, you know, and then you, and then you find somebody else, and they're like, wow, that my second girl that I dated, wow, what a much better personality. And then you go to the third and fourth and you compare and contrast and you sort of metamorph this like superwoman that doesn't exist, which is all the good qualities of every girl you ever met and you'll be like, that's the one I want. So now finally, when you're ready to get married, you can't marry her because you have all these skeletons and baggage in your, you know, in your back pocket that you're trying to, that they're trying to, to live up to something that doesn't really exist. So you, you're, you're coming with, with many, many different issues from all different sides, which is again, another reason why you could lose your soulmate is because you had too much practice. You know, stay away. You don't want, you want, one of the reasons, in fact, the, the, the Torah says that one of the reasons why you could lose your soulmate is if you are in a relationship and you didn't save your first, for, like in the man said, if you didn't save your first seed, let's be clean, for the woman, therefore the woman is going to go on to, for, for somebody else. 
you know, in the Kabbalistic sense. So, which, which is a serious thing, which obviously, you know, you have tshuva, Hashem, that there is tshuva that, that, that's around, but it's something that people, by the way, don't realize the, the severity of this, that people don't, people think, you know, the, the tshuva and these things are, are serious. Pearson, if a person was in a previous relationship and they were intimate or whatever there was, you need to do tshuva on it. People think, okay, I don't do that anymore, doesn't mean that you did full tshuva. You did part tshuva, which is good. Tshuva, tshuva works in parts as well. Even, even, uh, um, you know, there's one thing that, it's not all for nothing. You can do part, part tshuva. And for these type of things, you want to walk into a marriage in a clean slate. You want to walk in, you know, everything is clean, the back, the past is the past, I want to focus on the forward, I was stupid, I was young, whatever it is, and now I'm focusing forward. But the idea in order to do that, besides, besides not doing it anymore, you have to do tshuva on it. You have to go and, and go through the process, regret it. Which, regret is a big, is a big issue. Remember the, remember the vacation in Miami? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I remember that. I'll be like, that's not tshuva. That's, that's, you know, that's not, there's no regret in that. You know, you know, you have to actually regret it. You have to regret it. Oh my God, I can't believe God said not to do this and I, and I, and I did this. I, I'm, I'm sulking in, in sin. And you should want to, to regret it. You want to get rid of it. You want, when they remind you, be like, no, no, don't remind me of that. A drug addict. They're going to go, you know, one of his friends be like, ah, oh, remember the time we did that heroin in the, you know, the back alley? Be like, yo, dude, don't, don't remind me about that. That was a previous life. I'm clean now. You know, I, I don't want to deal with that. That's how it should be when you're, you know, when you're dealing, when you're hanging out. This is how you know you did chuba. You're hanging out with a bunch of guys. And um, the guys are like, oh, remember that trip to Vegas? And everybody else is like, oh, this is so awesome. Best trip of my life. You know, meanwhile, I went on like a honeymoon and he went to all these. Like, oh, I forget about that. That is the best trip of my life. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's, there's no, there's no remorse in that. There's no, there's no, you know, you're not, you're not regretting anything. If they bring it up, be like, you know, that, that's a, that's a past of me. I, you know, had I been back there at this state in my life, I would not do the things that I would have done. You regret it and you don't want to be back there. That's part one of the Shuba. Part two of Shuba is confessing it to God. I, God knows what you did. It's not like a secret. I'd be like, hey, God, listen, there's something I need to tell you. you know, I've, been, I've been on my shoulder for, you know, my chest for quite a while. And he knows the sins that you did. The whole part of the confession is not to tell. It's not like, you know, Father Bob, you know, I've sinned. Don't worry about it. You know, if you're Hail Marys, get 50 bucks to the church, you're all okay. You believe in JC? You do? You're good. Don't worry about right, it. Can you just repeat the source of soulmates? Did you get to that? Did you ever say I, I didn't answer that question yet. You didn't even answer that. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. We're, we're, get to, we're, we're getting to that. So, um... The uh, but you, the general source that you look in Gemara and Sutta two So the uh, the idea is that um, where was it? JC. Oh yeah, it, it that when you regret, when you confess, you're confessing to God for yourself. You're confessing to God. And lastly, one of the most important part of tshuva is obviously not doing it again. You can't be like you know like. Every morning you go, you wake up and be like, oh, I'm so sorry I went clubbing last night. That was terrible. It was so bad. And, and, and your friend like texts you and be like, you know, same place, same time tonight. Yeah, give me a second. Yeah, I'm so sorry. All right. Yeah, yeah, I'll be there. You know, <laughs> it's like, you know, the, stop doing the sin, obviously. So the problem, of course it's a process. a process, but a process has to be worked on. And you want to clear all the back skeletons that you had in your previous, because when you're going, and this is what I tell people all the time, you're going into a marriage, right? You want to come in with the best luck possible. Am I wrong? Who wants, who wants to have bad luck on your, on your thing? This is why I tell people all the time when they get married and they have mixed dancing. I'm like, you know, I speak a lot to the Russian community and I speak a lot to, to, to uh, different organizations. Russians are very... Finish, sen- finish the sentence. Anybody know what the things are? Russians are very... Awesome. Thank, thank you. you. <laughs> <laughs> superstitious. Am I wrong? Yes. <laughs> Russians are very superstitious. They are extremely superstitious, and you can even test it, you know, if you want to be fun and weird like me. Someone's coming, you know, you're sitting on the table with a Russian, spill the salt, <laughs> see what happens, you know. 
across the black ass. Uh, yeah. What about uh, put some keys on the table? No. Watch, watch uh, their no. eyes. No, no. Well, they start to sweat. You know, they're like, you know, they're saying. Really no. It's not a thing. None of it is a thing. Have you ever heard of apples on Friday nights on the table? No. They drilled that in my brain. Oh, you did? Yeah. That's what I'm going to put my So, there's a few things, you know. You want to you want to see something funny? You want to Don't cross, you're not going to grow. Don't cross. No, yeah, that also. Get a black hat. Black hat. Black hat. Black hat. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Who's sweating over here? We got the keys on the table. <laughs> I should have the, the bad luck, right? No, no, don't worry about it. It's, no, not, it's all nonsense. No, I know. So, the idea the idea the idea is like this. The idea is is that they're so particularly, they're so particular on bad luck. They they'll go they go crazy. They go crazy. Put you want a good Kodak experience. Well, it's not Kodak anymore. I don't know what it is now. A good YouTube. A good iPhone, iPhone, uh, whatever it is. Put a black hat, put a black hat in front of a few Russians. Watch them. They're, it's like Super Bowl. I have a black hat. I disagree with that. I have a black hat. You're an exception. You're an exception. Yeah, you should see. You know, they'll, I've, I've had, pe- I've had people come to me. I've had people come to me. I don't know what to do. No, they they can't cross. They hold they hold like this. If a black cat crosses their path, it's very bad luck. So so they cannot cross the path. Break a mirror is another whole nonsense. Yeah, break a mirror. That it's it's only because we do it in the in the chuppah, but there's no actual. It's not like a, if you forget something in your house, then it's like bad luck to come so back for exactly. Right, you have to do something else. No, yeah, yeah, it's like look in the mirror. My Russian friends take the garbage out at night. Oh really? Don't whistle in the in the house. I mean, we could go on and on and on and on. Yeah, I haven't heard a good superstition. You know what? It's funny. You want to hear a good superstition? Let me tell you how far superstition goes. I believe it's an Italian, or maybe a Sicilian, which is Italian, um, uh, a superstition. When they move into a new, a new house, and I may be wrong in this, I remember reading this vaguely, what they'll do is the households of the house will urinate in a bucket. What? We're not finished yet. Yeah, the, certain, the superstitious stuff. And then they will sprinkle the urine around the apartment to get rid of the bad, of the bad spirits. Whatever it is, uh, you know, it's, it's, you know... The um, it, it shouldn't surprise you. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's what we real. No, this is like reality. I remember reading super. I, 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 no, it's outside. It's outside. No, you know, like a dog. You know, they mark their territory. I think that's where. They put urine outside their door. They put the urine all around. No, it's all around. It's all around. You got listen. Who's gonna rob a house that smells of urine? They're like, nah, come on. So the idea is, is that why, why do I bring this? I have nothing against, uh, you know, uh, Russians and their superstition unless it goes against the Torah. And by the way, everything that I mentioned so far, there is absolutely no source in the Torah. You want to skip over a black hat back and forth? By all means, put keys on the table. I've yet seen a source uh, for it. There's one source that I did see regarding spilling salt, which is from this uh, this uh, Gorsky. There was a, a Gorsky rabbi that put a safer and he put actually something to do with with actually spilling the salt. But that's as far as I actually uh, I actually seen a source. I don't remember. I saw it a year, a while ago. Of, of, uh, so you know that. How did, how did, what, what was the Russian party and the super- the, Ru- the re- oh, so this is where I'm getting at. Russians, they're very, and again, I'm not. I'm just saying Russians because they're very superstitious. But this goes for everybody who's superstitious. They're superstitious so much that they, it bothers them when certain things happen. But they'll go and they'll have a mixed wedding, mixed dancing, non-Jewish music, everything, completely 100 percent non-kosher. And I'm like, and I was, you know, very simply, I'm like, you want bad luck on your wedding? Like, like, let's. Hey guys. Let's picture it this way. 
All right, I'd like to invite you all into my, you know, my big day. Um, please be prepared to sin. Uh, please be prepared to lose your, your eternity. And we are going to have a great time, you know, on my account. Don't worry about it. It's all on me. Don't worry. All the sins right over here. They're, when they're arranging a mixed dance wedding, you know what's happening? They're getting all the sins that these people are doing. You want bad luck? Go ahead. Have a mixed wedding. Oh, I wonder, I wonder what's going on, man. You're in the worst luck. Forget about the keys. Forget about everything else. For, for, Mixed dancing. Mixed seating is is not preferred, but it's not as bad as mixed dancing. Mixed dancing is 100% no. There is no rabbi who is a ra- real rabbi, I'm not talking about reform, conservative, or, or any, anything else in between of that, that will say it's okay to have mixed dancing. Getting no. into the marriage, all on a bad foot. You want to get into marriage with a, on a good foot, you want to come as the most pure as you can be, and you're like, God, listen, we need our help. Look at the, look at the divorce rate. You know, it's supernatural if we're making it, so please, you know... Let's let's do this together. So the idea is that is one way. Yeah. So you could do. <laughs> by the way, by the way, what happens? This is a good point. What happens? What happens if let's say you were secular and then you became religious afterwards and you were married? Had you known the severity of it, you would never have done it. What do you do now? Is it, is it doomed? Is it that? And absolutely not. You do whatever you can do. You could do you could do tshuva. What? What, but what you could do is you could help other people prevent them from doing the same sin. So one of the very important way of tshuva is, let's say somebody's uh, you know coming and they're getting married. You try to convince them not to do the same sin that you fell in. So let's say it was a situation where it was a mixed da- and dancing. It'd be like, listen, you know, we you know it's not worth it. Trust us. You know, we did it. You know, whatever it is, you're preventing people from falling in the same sin. It's a very big uh, tikkun for uh, for yourself as as well. Got an invited to a wedding. Uh, I kid you not. And he's he comes over to me and he's like. Um, you know, Rabbi, I would like you to come to my wedding. I'm like, okay, you know, I'll see if I'm, you know, it depends on the date and time, if I'm around, but, you know, by all means. And he's like, don't worry, there's going to be kosher food in there. I'm like, what? And I was like, you know, it was back a while ago. I'm like, what does that mean? Of course, it's going to be kosher food. <laughs> I'm like, I couldn't understand it. And then he's like, no, there's going to be a kosher table. I'm like, what about the other tables? What's going to be on that? Those tables. And he's like, I, I couldn't, I didn't understand. I, I didn't understand. I, it didn't make sense to me. I'm like, I don't understand what you're saying. Like, there's only one food of ta- food, one table for food? So, no, he's like, and then he tells me that no, he, he had, you know, there's going to be non-kosher food. I'm like, are you an idiot? I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And then I went on a whole shebang about mixed dancing. Non- what do you gain by having somebody eat shrimp? What? You gain absolutely nothing, except a deeper hole in your pocket, because it's expensive. But you gain absolutely nothing from the wedding. You're not going to come and be like, oh, that was a good shrimp, uh, good shrimp last night. Like, yeah, thank you very much. They are, no, so they, they are, well, it depends. Right, you're right. If they don't care, there's nothing that we can do. Like this, let me make it on camera. If there is a wedding, and it's mixed dancing, non-kosher food, you're not allowed to be there. You leave. You leave the wedding. It's so he invites me to his daughter's wedding. I come to the wedding, and... I'm- First of all, if, let's say it's a church wedding, it's a big problem. You're not allowed to go. You're not allowed to go to church. You're not allowed to go. What if it's a non-Jew? You're not allowed. Yeah, you're not allowed to go to those weddings. You have what if, to. What if it's a non-Jew, but they're having it in, a, in like a restaurant, not like. A... So it's a different, uh, different situation, case by case, uh, case by case situation. Yeah, that's what it was. You know, the same thing. It's same idea. It's a it, it, case by case uh, situation. Uh, and again, you know. You gain absolutely nothing from, uh, you know, from, from going there. Worst case scenario, you can always send, uh, you know, a gift. Whatever. It's case by case. Case by case situation. Uh, generally good to refrain from those. 
Depends. So that's what I'm saying. It, it, case by case. It really, you have to go to a rabbi. You have to really speak, present the situation. You feel like, come on, like I do business with you and you do. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. So it's something that you have to speak to a rabbi and it's not something that, that is a one answer for all type of situation. And it really depends. You're going to lose money from it. You're going to lose business sale. It's not, it's not in the church. There's a lot of factors that go into, into play with this. Said, so one, one person asked, what about family members? Somebody still wants to know the source. And source is Sota. Sota. Sota 2A. Sota 2A. What he's asking is for the source of the soulmate. For the source, he doesn't know what Sota 2A is. It's a Talmud. It's a Gemara in Sota uh, 2A. It says that um, there that uh, he will, uh, the, that's where the source where where you will have 40, where there is a soulmate. 40 days before a person is born, he will, um, they're, they're destined to be for whoever they're destined to be. That's okay. a, it's, a, it's a Gemara, Talmud. I don't know how else to translate it. Oral law. The, one of the most important works of uh, Judaism. Huge are like questions slash arguments. Okay, so let me yeah, let me finish with this the other, first. The other thing he said is that uh, yeah. someone's worried you're too strict. All right, let them be worried. Come on. <laughs> no, okay. Let me. I I like that. I like that. And let me answer that. Um, let me answer like this. Um, I I work for no one other than God. And if it says in the Torah, then that's what I'm going to say. If people don't like it, don't invite me again to speak. That's I'm fine with that. If I if you know, and I've had this situation by the way. I'll, I'll tell you like this. You I spoke at a wedding? which wedding. No, I don't go to non kosher weddings. No, oh, that wedding? No, I didn't go to that wedding. No, absolutely not. I told him not coming. But so, um, for every, whoever requests a kosher yeah, whatever. Good for him. I'm not. I'm not joining oh, that. Uh, you said you have to leave anyway. Uh, we'll speak about that also. Uh, uh, um, case-by-case situation. Regarding the strictness of it, there's something very simple. If the Torah says something, it's not strict because that's what it is. You cannot bend the rules. God didn't say, this rule applies until it gets hard. And once it gets hard, don't worry, I'm going to send reform and conservatives to work it all out because uh, they've got the answer for everything. The, the rules are the rules. And and I'm sorry, really, it, it is, some, some things are really harsh. You know how difficult it is? If it, and, and the second thing, the second question that you ask is a very difficult question. A family member. A family member is having a, a, a simcha and it's going to be mixed dancing. It's going to be mixed thing. It's a, it's a case-by-case um, uh, situation and I can't, I can't answer it on, on, on this, but it, 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 it's, it's, it's something that you have to speak about and, and there's obviously some things that need to be worked out. But not saying that it's allowed. I'm not saying that it's allowed, but something has to be worked out, and there is always things that, that work out. Obviously, you don't want to uh, offend anything. But the fact that, that, you know, if I speak too strong, I take that as a compliment. So thank you. All right, but for sure there could be leniencies applied, but you're giving over the straight. This is straight what it is. Sometimes there are exceptions. If you realized, I didn't say that if it's, let's say, mixed seating, 100% not allowed. I never said that. I said specifically mixed dancing. Mixed dancing, there's no, there's no thing. Mixed seating, it's a different story. I'm not saying it, you know, I'm not saying it's good, but it's definitely not on the same level as, as mixed dancing. There, like yeah, yeah, together. yeah, which is right, right, exactly. So it, you're on the train, you're on the train also, which again, so it's, it's, uh, but the idea is, dancing is, dancing is inappropriate. Dancing is not inappropriate. First of all, if there is mixed dancing, it, you're not mixed dancing to, uh, you're not mixed dancing, but, oh, this is my, this is my jam, yeah, yeah, uh, you're not dancing to that. You're dancing to some rapper, uh, you know, singing about how he raped somebody last night. That's what you're singing about and how he popped some caps in some other guy. That, and everyone's like, yeah, yeah. And the grandmothers are like, yeah, this is good stuff. What is this? Oh, this you know? is what the young people yeah. listen to today. <laughs> yeah. So, so again, so it's, it's not kosher from many aspects. Um, uh, I think I answered that. But there was something else I did want. I'll tell you, before I answer your question, I do want to bring up one point. Um, there was uh, one somebody that, that came over to me, and he said that he's going to a family, uh, a family birthday party. And the birthday party... They switched for him because he just started keeping Shabbat, so they switched to him very nice for Motzei Shabbat. Oh my God, that's, that's beautiful. But he said that's not the problem. The problem is that they're going to a club to, for the birthday party. 
and it's a family, like a sibling birthday party. So he asked me, am I allowed to go to that birthday party? Sure. So I, I'm like, okay, I understand you're fairly new to the religion. No. What do you think I'm going to say? No. They're like, it's okay, as long as you don't dance with anybody younger than 30. 40. 40 is what I'm putting. Well, of course not. You're not allowed to, you're not allowed to go into a club. There's, no, there's, there's absolutely no um, hotel. There's no thing that you're allowed to go clubbing. Clubbing is, is filled with, I spoke about this, I, if you heard that class, I spoke about it, uh, you know, yeah, whatever, I spoke about that last, uh, last week sometime. So um, if, if people are going and they are, uh, you know, I, I spoke about this, I, I, I don't like repeating things, but I'll repeat it just for the sake since we're on the topic. People tell me that, the, you know why they go clubbing? It's not for the girls, Rabbi. I don't even care. I, I don't care. I don't care. That, for the music. For the music. And I'm like, and I'm like, um, First of all, you can't be serious. I'm like, I'm like the club music. Is, what is the DJ pad called? The spinny thing, the that thing. I don't know what it's called. I, I feel, I feel like a, you know, I feel like a dumb person trying to explain, you know, the, you know, an airplane. You know, the part that goes, you know, like how do you, whatever it is, the part, the part that you, you, you know, you move it. Nobody knows. The spin table, the mixer. You know what the mixer is? You know what? You know what? It's like, it's like. It's like, it's like somebody's listening to music, good song, but now let's listen to it as if I'm having a seizure while doing it. So you're doing that, and it's like, and you're like, oh, you're like, oh my God, what was that? And, and everyone's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is super loud. This is also something new that I, I'm learning new things. I'm learning about new things. I, I don't know even if I should share this. There's something called the beat drops. And it's like, you know, somebody sent me a thing, and I'm like, why are they waiting to jump? And then you see a bunch of people like crouching. And then once it's like, da, 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 you know, it's like some nonsense beat. And all of a sudden it's like, you know, every, your, your eardrums burst and everyone's like, all right, yeah. And everyone's jumping up and down. You're not going for the music. You're going for the music. The thing is, it's like, yeah, it's there. It's like, and not only that, that besides that, they're like, okay, besides the fact that I'm going to bust your eardrum while here, let me try to blind you while I'm at it. So here's some strobe lights in your face. And then you see somebody and be like, is that a monster? Is that a, is that a 10? Is that a five? I don't know. I drank too much. Everything's good. Whatever. You know, and no, it's kosher. Come on. We're going for a birthday party. It's nice. Yeah. Let me tell you, hell is very hot also. Someone says if it was up to you, you wouldn't let us leave our houses. <laughs> no, I, listen, you have to live life. Yeah, let, for the camera, let's answer that question. If, if, because I'm so strict, I'm saying, oh, you can't go anywhere. Where are you supposed to do? You're supposed to stay home? Absolutely not. You have to live your life the way you're supposed to live your life. But you don't, you're not allowed to go to certain places. Do business? By all means, you have to do business. You have to survive. You have to go into certain places that you have to go. But at the same time, there are certain places you don't need to go. You can go to a bar. You don't, you don't need to go to a club. You don't, there's nothing, there's nothing like, uh, you know, that, that you need to. You're not, in fact, I know somebody who came over to me. He wanted to open, I don't know how we got the clubs, but whatever it is, we're already on it. Might as well dig through. Um, th that he wants to open up a club. He wants, he's a Jewish guy. Young guy, made some money. So, um, and he says he wants to open up a club. Club is good money. He was a club promoter at one point in time. And, and uh, he was who knows what. And he wants to open up a club. And I'm like, uh, you know, yeah, I don't know why you're telling me this, but um, that's one of the dumbest things spiritually that you can do. It's like literally, because first of all, when is the club the most, the most packed night? Friday night? 
is probably the most, is probably the big night. If Saturday night is probably not even as big as Friday night. So let's just repeat that question. The question was, thank you. The question was, um, how do you know that you found the right one? So we are bringing this Midrash. The Midrash says like this, that there was a wealthy woman and she came to this rabbi and says, you know, rabbi, what is God doing now? If he created the world in seven days, in six days, and rested on the seventh, what is he doing since the creation of the world? So the rabbi responded, and the rabbi said, um, he is Mizavik Zivugim. He's making matches. And she's like, he's making matches? Like, that's what he does all day? And he's like, yeah, that's what he does. So, the, um, so, so she says, I don't see why that's a problem. I have hundreds and hundreds of men slaves, and I have hundreds and hundreds of women slaves. I could be a matchmaker. So she lines them up, right? She calls a roll call, right? You have men on one side, women on the other side. And she plays, you know, tic-tac-toe. She's like, all right, you for this girl. Go, move, you're married. You for the, and she matchmakes every single one of them. All of them. And she's like, Mazaltov, you know, you're married. And uh, the next day, almost every single person came to that person, to back to her and says, listen, you know, ma- you know, madame, you know, you know, it, you know, please, anything but her. You know, anything but her. And she comes in and she's like, you don't know what you gave me, this guy's crazy. He's crazy. Doesn't listen to me when I speak. Doesn't say anything, doesn't listen to me. And, and she's like, and he's like, she doesn't stop talking. I don't know what to do with it. I have not stop. And, and so, so, one after another, they come with black and blue marks. They come with this, and and she goes back to the rabbi. And she says, "You know what? <laughs> you know, God take his job back." I, I say, "I can't, uh, I can't deal with it." So, the 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 point is, is that if this is what God does, and if we have emuna, that means is if you have faith, that means is at this point in time, if you're married and God let it happen at this point, and you're religious and everything is is working well, know that you married the right one. Know that you obviously. Why would God let it? As opposed to, let's say, somebody is married. A person can't say this is married a non-Jew. They're like, well, this happened. You know, must be that's the right one. Well, obviously, obviously not. As long as again, it goes according to uh, according to Allah and everything is is good. You ended up over here. Why? There's a reason for it. There are many. There are other ways to tell. Um, I usually don't like bringing it bringing it up, uh, but I because the answers are usually more uh, on the negative. But one easy way is, will you marry her again? And if that answer is yes, then you know that you've got the right one. <laughs> which means is, <laughs> which means is, is that, <laughs> which, which means is, is, which means is, you're married, let's say, for 10 years. I'm writing, he said yes. And, uh, <laughs> he said yes! Again. So, um, the, the idea is, is that if, let's say, you would go into, you're, you're 10 years in, and, you know, you would say, you know, I would still marry that person, then you know that you still marry that person. But, why this reason is not so good is because there are many times that people get into a situation where they feel like, I wouldn't marry this right person, this person again. doesn't mean that it's the wrong one. This is why I don't like bringing this point up. But at the same point, you have to clarify, why is it, if, if you don't want to marry that person again, why is it uh, that it's the right one? And the answer goes back to what we went to in the beginning. You get what you need, not what you want. You get what you need to. And God put you, obviously, two together, or whoever is there, you know, both of you together for a certain purpose, because you could accomplish something. And if you could accomplish something, that means you could do it. This is something very important. Over time, people change. People, what, the people, you know, the idea is like this. People generally think that they'll find somebody. People, well, you know why people get divorced? One of the main reasons why people get divorced, I'm not talking about like a crazy situation where, where it, you know, there's a cheating or, the, you know, there's something other serious going on. I, I'm talking about where somebody, they're just not happy anymore. And you know what they think? They think, you know what? I could do, I could get married to somebody, um, you know, I could do better. 
I can marry somebody who I'll be happier with. Mm-hmm. And what people don't realize, and people get married time and time again, the same person I'm saying, like, you know, five, six times, and then they're like, I don't get it. And the reason is they just don't realize is that the problem is not the other person. The problem is you. You are the one who needs to change. You want to make the marriage happier? You be, the, you be better. This is the idea that I bring back when I, my, other, my other class I spoke about, soulmates. You know, this is also a worthy bumper sticker right over here. Don't look for the right one. Become the right one. Which means is people are always looking for that perfect, perfect guy or girl. People are always worried about, you know, finding the perfect one. Don't worry about finding the perfect one. Worry about becoming the perfect one. You'll become who you be, you're, you're supposed to become. You will find the right one. And this is the secret where lies, which we started off with. They give you a soulmate according to your deeds. You will get somebody on your level. This is also another reason that you could lose a soulmate. Which means is there is a guy and a girl that are coming into this world. And the guy likes to fool around and have parties and things like that. Meanwhile, the girl's a good girl. She's a good girl. She's a tzadikat. She goes and she and she prays. She's always a good girl. Now her soulmate is out partying all night. God's going to be like, I can't do this. I can't marry these two together. They're, they're two different types of situations over here. He's not up to par. She says, you know what? Let me go find her somebody else. And she goes and he finds her somebody else. But then this guy, all of a sudden, five years down the line, he, he decides he wants to get married. And you know what? His marriage is not... You know why? Because you lost it. You had a, you had a, you had a, a soulmate. But your, your soulmate was so much higher than you. You know that you get married according to your deeds. The, way that the, the level that you are is the per, type of person you're going to get. You want to get a better person? Become a better person. Very simple, uh, as simple as that. The, better, the more that you become, the more that you grow, the more that you can look forward to actually uh, you know, uh, getting that. Now, there's something that I want to clarify because I start off with this question and I need to finish it because I don't like close, uh, leaving open-ended things. Is, is we said two controversial, uh, uh, not controversial, two contradicting, contradicting, uh, statements. Number one is I said that just 40 days before you are born, um, you are, uh, they, they tell you who your destined soulmate to be. And another, in another Gemara, it says that A, first of all, that, um, somebody else could pray and take it away. But the part that I want to speak about is the Gemara that says that you get a girl according to your level. So now the question is like this. The question that I want to speak about is number one and number three. It, level? Is that like spiritual? Spiritual level. At, if you going and you're getting married according to your deeds, that very much contradicts that you're already supposed to, God already said who you're supposed to marry. And the answer is, the Ben Chai explains like this. It says, um, the Gemara actually answers it and it says, this is talking about a first marriage, which means the first time you get married, 40 days before you get married, it's matched up who you're going to be. The second marriage is depending according to your deeds. Now this, everyone has a very big question. What does that mean? So the first marriage, uh, you know, I'm getting, but the second marriage is when I'm actually, you know, it, it makes absolutely no sense. The Benish Chai explains as follows, explains in, in terms of reincarnation. The first time you're in this world, you get married to somebody, you know, whoever you're destined to be. It's, it works, it's, it's easy, it's good the first time you're on the world, in this world. The second time you have to come back as in reincarnation, then it depends on your deed. Then it depends on your deed and depends on what the, and what, and, and uh, what you will get. And the, the, you know, the idea is, and this is, this is so important that, that people, that people don't realize and they keep on going and they keep on looking for somebody who's perfect when they're nowhere even close to perfect. You want somebody perfect? Become perfect yourself. You want somebody who's good? Become good. You know, the, the idea is, 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 is you're supposed to go into marriage and you're supposed to grow together. You're supposed to build together. You're supposed to get to somewhere together. But if you're both falling and you're both nothing and you're both in a situation of, of spiritual dirt, then where, where are you and what type of person are you going to get to? You know, there's a guy who doesn't wake up for Shachit, doesn't keep Shabbat. What do you think? You think God's going to send him a nice Ashishchayel who's going to be, you know, you know, baking challah, you know, and, and, you know, dressing modestly in a big tzaddikah and praying. And no, of course not. She's going to get the same guy as, as, as was he's getting. And guess what? That's the secular world. And, you know, spoiler, secular world marriages are not the best. And I'm not saying that the religious one is so much better, but it's definitely better. 
it's yes. Well, a lot of, a lot of times I think like when you see a lot of these guys who go, are going to these bars and doing their thing or whatever it is, they eventually they look for a girl who's not like that. A lot of them. They look for the girl, the marriage material, they say. Mm-hmm. So they do look for the Aisha's Chayel, so to speak. And I even, I even know people who they go, they run around, and their wives have no idea how much of a they were. They don't do it anymore, and I believe that they don't anymore. Yeah. But, but the wives they find out. What are they going to do? They, they, they don't find out, but I'm, or they, hopefully they don't. <laughs> and they find out a good wife, you mean? You find, they, they find a good wife. They say, like, because they know that these girls over here at the bar and the club are those girls, and I'm going to eventually stop. I'm going to sit down. So, and... They've, and there is a noble a nobleness to it that I want to be that family man. I want to be that kind of good guy. I want to marry the good girl. They do. Have I understand that, what you're saying. But then they won't want to kind play of around. So, also. No, it's not. No, no I'll, I'll answer that question because yeah, I've had. I I know people like that. I know people like that. Yeah, so they you're they went to. to, to no, 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 no. No, it's a different different situation. What he's saying like this. He's saying is that there are people they used to they used to live a certain life, but they know they don't want a wife like that. They don't want a wife that's partying. They don't want. They're they're not into that. But they they like partying and they like doing that. Yeah. But afterwards, when they get certain, when they're married, they're like they'll they'll party, but then they'll date two different types of girls. But you know, one's for fun and one's yeah. for that. And they'll ma- it looks like they marry a great girl. So. I'm on the flip side of those things. I'm the, where the people usually come for the issues. So let me explain to you those situations because I've known people from the get-go that they were like that. You know, growing up, you know, I, I knew, I, you know, I, I knew people that that's the way they lived their life. Exactly like you said, they would go and party and have fun, and you know, then they will go and, and do other things. So let me tell you like this: is first of all, it looks like everything is. There is so much that goes behind closed doors that you look at two people, and and this also brings down to the to your question that you, Alex, that you brought down that you said, you know, like let's say you have somebody who's married and they look like they're happily married. You don't know what goes on behind closed doors. You know, I get privy to very little of what goes on behind closed doors, and it's not pretty. It, it, people look, oh, they're so happy, the holy hands, like, ah, yeah, you know, they're twiddling over there. They're walking down the street, everything is like so amazing. Yeah. Best hubby in the entire world on Facebook. Oh, he just bought me. What? Even this relationship, yeah, of course, you need to, yeah. It's but, impossible to be like this all the time. Of course, of course. But, <laughs> but there are fights, and you're supposed to grow from the fights. You're supposed to get closer to the fights. And then there is something that is on a completely different level. So I'm not talking about those types. I'm talking about, there are literally people, and, and this is one of the things that drives me crazy about social media. Don't tell the whole world what your husband bought you for your anniversary. No one cares, first of all. Leave that information for yourself. It's, it's, like, it's like, you know, and let everybody hear it on social media. It, your life is supposed to be private. Stop broadcasting it to all your friends and people that you just befriended and all of a sudden your friends. You know, you have thousands and thousands of friends that all need to see, you know, best hubby in the entire world just bought me this bracelet and snaps 10,000 pictures about it. Oh, best hubby in the entire world took me out to dinner and restaurant and this and that, you know, that. Nobody needs, first of all, what's this, what's this new craziness with, with taking pictures of food? I don't understand this stuff. I, I, I'm like, before you eat, oh, hold on a second. Now you know, you just like snap the thing. And then you post it online. Ah, just went into this, you know. Oh, nothing more. Just a $250 steak, you know. Just another day at Wall Street. They're like, yeah, thank you very much. Why are you broadcasting this to everybody? Why? Why do people need to know this? There's nobody, that, there's no reason that you have to make, first of all, it makes other people feel bad. Because what's a, what's a wife going to be? Like, look at, you know, come on, you know. Look at this, Max. Look at it. Look, look, look where our friend, you know, look where, they, look where they go on vacation all the time. You know, and, oh, it'll be like, oh, okay, you know, now I have, now he has to live up to that. You're destroying marriages. Just leave your life well, private. You have a Facebook uh, I agree. <laughs> I agree with you. Yes, please. Personal, So when I was first becoming uh, religious, uh, the rabbi told me to remove any ex-girlfriends from Facebook, mm-hmm. and he said the reason was because uh, potentially one day 
you, you're going to post something, they're going to see your post, they're going to be in an argument with their husband, and they're going to regret, and they're going to remember your relationship. Right. When you might have acted the exact same way had you married them, but they would, they, but people act differently when you're in a relationship. Right, which is very true. By the way, um, you know, so nobody should have Facebook. But if you do have Facebook, there's no reason why you, you know, there's a guy that needs to have 700 girls that are on his Facebook page. <laughs> you know, like they met them once. So you have Facebook, I'll, I'll hit you up. You know, like, you, there's no reason. You, it's not, it's not a kosher situation. You know how many marriages are broke. You know how many divorces happen because of Facebook friends. And late night messages and and all this crazy stuff. You don't want to know how, what's the percentage of cases that come that for divorce and that it's ridiculous. And uh, there's a reason why everybody. Why you don't. Why you need to tell everybody else you're popular? A lot of from people. No, that's of, how clicks work. Who needs to be in a click? A lot of people, Donald Trump needs to be in a click. Billionaires don't need to be. You know, Mark Zuckerberg. Does he need to show how many Facebook friends he has? What does he have? Like 80 million followers. He doesn't post it at, hey, you know, I, I don't know, does he? I can't imagine him posting He's pictures. Kind of on Facebook, right? yeah, <laughs> Facebook, I have a lot of my business friends. Are in my business is something else. I'm not talking about business. I'm talking about stam nothingness. And, you know, a lot of people, they, they, when and we're wrapping married, it up. Well, a lot of people get married, they make their Facebook one. Yeah, which is nice. Okay, it's a good idea. No, whatever. Okay, what well, even a better idea is take the Facebook think, and make think, it one um, with itself. I think uh, and throw it out. Really important for this year is to like. Now you're saying you, you said mo- you highlighted a lot of like the negativity things. Oh, okay, because I, I do have to wrap it up. So let's uh, let's do wrap up with a positive and like how we're going to move forward. Let's let's. Uh, what's your question? And we'll finish. And we'll finish because we have to wrap it up. It's getting late. Yes. Yes. Very good point. Um, so let's let's wrap it up um, with with uh, on the positive side. Number one, you know, marriage is. People have to understand that marriage is an amazing thing. Marriage is something that is not in this world, and it's something that you you know a person should look forward to. You know, when when you go to a guy and you ask him how's married life, it's the most depressing thing that you have ever heard. You know, if the guy is not hundred percent married, be like, you know, it's tough. You know, it's all right. I mean, it's good, I guess. You know, days in, days out. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work, dude. It's a lot of work. No more parties. There's no more. No more hanging out. I mean, like, who, don't speak to that friend about marriage because marriage is supposed to be amazing. Marriage is so, something that's supposed to make you grow and it's supposed to make you feel you're, you're one. When you're, by the way, when you're one with somebody, that means that you see the world in a whole different view. Everything is is different now. Birds should be always chirping. Everything should be amazing because you're in it together. You're no more alone in, in, in the world. And it's something that when you look that forward to, then you find that one. It's something that you need to, it doesn't just always come. It's something that needs to be worked on. It's something that needs to be built on. Just because you found your soulmate doesn't mean that automatically everything is going to go amazing. It's work. It is work. It is work. Marriage is work, but it's good work. It's enjoyable work. It's something that you gain from it. It's something that you can grow from it. The purpose of marriage is to grow together and get and get to another whole level, another level. You're bringing you're bringing Jewish life into the world. You're bringing you're you're bringing you're creating a home. And for that, sometimes it's work, but it's worth it at the end of the day if you put the work into it. The most important thing that I could possibly tell you is for everybody who is not married yet, start learning about marriage. Whoever is married already, start learning about marriage. Also, the idea is you have to learn. People. You, this is something that people, I don't, you, you're an investor, you go into business, right? And they're like, the business is very pretty. It would be like, you want a great personality. Well, yeah, all right, let's make the, the acquisition, let's, we'll do the merger, everything. No, you, you study about the business, you learn the business, you figure out the business. One thing people don't know anything about is marriage. They're like, yeah, we'll, we'll wing it. You know, you know, we've been dating for six months, never fought once, you know? 
So like, how bad could it be? People go into marriage not realizing that it's something that you need to know what you're, to- you're doing. You have to, and it's sometimes it's not, you have to learn. You have to learn about it. Go, there's classes about it. You go to Torah anytime. There's so many classes and classes and classes about marriage. There's so many good books about marriage. I'm not talking about Mars are for, men are for Mars and women are for Venus, which I hear is a good book, but the guy who wrote it is divorced four times. So, well, then again, he probably has a lot of experience, like we said before, so maybe, maybe it's a good point. And he was divorced quite some time. That's what I heard. I don't know. I may be wrong. That's what I heard. But the, the idea is, you, you look at it from the Jewish aspect of it. The Jewish aspect, the pure, spiritual, amazing aspect of it. Who? Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, I actually opened it up once, and and it was like whatever. I and mean, what you tell me, I don't know. To read, I will say. But yeah, I listen. The title I agree with. Men are men are women. Completely two different worlds. I would think somebody who would be so nitpicky to write a book like that would have problems. He might have mm. truth. That's a good point. That's a very good point. And again, I'm not sure that he was divorced so many times. That's what I heard. I, I didn't, you know, I didn't actually look well, inside that. But the idea is like this. The idea is is that soulmates do exist in in, in Judaism. It do, uh, does exist, and it's real as can be. You are a half a person. You're not complete until you find the right one. And Bezat Hashem, may you all find the right one, and may you all grow together with that with that person, and may you all uh, you know be able to accomplish your your true mission in life. And Bezat Hashem, let it come with ease and smooth and and. and Everything should just be amazing, but just know, know one thing, that just because everything is not clicking, it doesn't mean that it's not the right one. It's not, it doesn't mean there's something that there's many there's many things. The most important thing also that I could also share with you is keep your eyes and ears clean, keep your mind clean, and you'll be able to see your the right one more clearly as opposed to just somebody that will just be a flying passerby. The more cleaner you are, the more you watch yourself, the more you, you it, and this goes for girls and guys also. You know, the more you watch your eyes, the more you 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 watch what you see, what you think about, and you open your eyes for 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 the good, you will be able to the the person will shine right up there. I'll tell you like this, uh, you know, there was a guy who, who was, he's dating somebody, and uh, he was speaking to me a few weeks ago, a few months ago already we were talking about, and um, the girl that he's dating is not as attractive as he would want to be, but everything else was perfect. Everything else was really good. And I'm like, okay, I, you know, people ask me how important are looks, I have a whole class dedicated on touring time just for looks, how important looks are in a marriage. I think that it's, in this day and age, it's extremely important. It's extremely important. Because, but, but I told him like this, I said, listen, you know, everything's going well, try this. When you're dating her again, guard your eyes 100%. Don't look at any other girl. Don't look at anybody else and then see how, see what changes. See if it does change. See if it doesn't change. Then you'll be able to judge somebody clearly. You want to see somebody, you want to see somebody's true, uh, you know, beauty inside? Stop comparing them to everybody else. And when you, when you're constantly looking at magazines and you're constantly looking at these TVs and movies and things, guess what? You're subconsciously comparing them to everybody else. And we'll review with the, with the fact that if you did mess up in the past, do chuba. Do chuba. Go in. Even if you're married, doesn't matter. Do chuba. Get a clean slate. You don't realize that when you do chuba, your marriage will become better. Your marriage will become better. Yeah, everything will become amazing. Any questions before we finish? Did we answer all the questions online over there? Um, yeah, so, so I said yes. We didn't say. You ask, can you find the right one earlier? I mean, the wrong time. You could, the one, let me, let me, this is actually important because how do you pray for the right one? Let's say you're dating some guy or some girl and you're like, this is awesome. I want this to be the one. You are not allowed to pray for that person to be the right one. You never pray specific things for, for, for that. I want to marry, I want to marry, you know, Max. I, you don't pray specific. You, all you pray, you can pray is that if it's the right one, let it come smoothly. Let it come there. You could pray, please, Hashem, let me find the right one at the right time. Because if you marry the right one and you pray, you'd be like, God, listen, I'm single. I can't, I want to get married. Just send me the person now. I need it now. Send me the right one now. And if you get married to the right one at the wrong time, not always does it work out so well.
Sometimes you could you could say that, but you know. Isn't it if you marry the person? No, it isn't it the right time? Makes them the right one. It makes them the exact it, one that you need. That you need. It's true to help the other person and that person. And if you could say there really was a soul, another soulmate, whatever it is, then maybe you didn't. Maybe you didn't. You're not at that level for that, but you're at the level of the person that you exactly need to be with, right? Now. Right. And you need to help them, and they need to help you. Right. So, so first of all, yeah, what you're saying is is true, uh, but at the same point, one of the things that you pray for is you pray to find, um, you know, the right person at the right time. Uh, granted, obviously, if it happened, to, I'll finish off with this story because uh, my right one called me two times already, and I got, you know, she, he's running out, so I gotta. I don't disagree with anything you're saying. I, just, I, do, no, no, I, do, I, I do trust the source though that says that there are seven and there's different kinds of levels. So let me know if you can find that. Yeah. Who you marry? It's the same idea. It's But the idea is, let me let me share with you this final this final little short story um, that there was once uh, somebody that was getting married it was under the chuppah and the guy was about to put the ring on the girl and the ring slipped and fell and you know so the guy's like you know he's nervous obviously he's getting married you know, so he picks it up you know oh, cute nervous you know so he picks it up he's, he's sitting there again and he's about to put the ring and again it falls it, twice it falls so there's a rabbi there if I'm not mistaken it might be Rabbi Moshe Feinstein if I'm not mistaken so he goes over to the rabbi and he says um, you know maybe this is a sign you know, like, come on, twice, it slipped down on the floor? So the rabbi says, absolutely not. So he says, well, how do you explain it? So the rabbi says very simply, says it wasn't his time to, put the, to get married yet. The time is now when he actually puts it on. Because everything that happens is exactly at the right time with the right person at the right place. And this is what we have to pray for. We pray for finding the right person at the right time in the right place. And if you're married already, you pray that you see that it's the right one. And you can actually visualize and realize that you, God sent you the one that you're meant to be with and the one that you have to grow together with and the one that you have to accomplish so much that you, B'zal Hashem, will accomplish. Chazak Thank you for coming. Thank you for listening. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.